This is Crossing Phase, the podcast featuring a Christian and a Muslim talking religion and politics. And we are pleased to release this episode, the first episode of season two of Crossing Phase here in 2020. John Pinna, we made it to season two. Can you believe this? I can't believe we actually made it. And I think the success of making it this far is because we record this remotely. We are not in the same room. And we're not driving each other nuts completely. <laughs> well, we can't look into each other's eyes, which, you know, it, 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 I, I actually, I think it would be fine, but um, uh, I, you know, I, I actually rejoice in when we're able to sit down in front of each other and record a show. But uh, Which, but we, which I, we actually there, haven't done yet. We've done an entire season and even a preview season, and now we're in the season two and we haven't actually recorded anything face-to-face. Yeah, the problem is, is like I've gone to all over the world, gone to, you know, Erbil, I've been... Uh, all over London. the Middle East, London, and, and uh, uh, Turkey, and and so forth. Been all over the world. Can't get myself to Nashville. Right. Can't do it. <laughs> but although we are scheduling a trip within we're, the first we're, quarter, we're working on it. We're working on your 2020 Nashville bucket list challenge. Right. So for those well, just you know, joining us, uh, your crossing phase co-hosts. If you haven't found out yet, are me, Matt Hawkins, a once policy director for the Southern Baptist Convention, and my friend John Pinna, former director of government and international relations of the American Islamic Congress. And he hasn't been to Nashville yet, except maybe through one flight years ago. But uh, so we want to bring him to Nashville first quarter this year, give give him the, the great tour of Music City, USA. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I'm sure that you guys have. A, I went there once because I was I flew in and then was trained in 101st, which is right over the border, right? The mm-hmm. Fort Campbell's somewhere near you, mm-hmm. and I was trained in 101st Airborne. Um, but you know, I'm sure you guys have some kind of barbecue. We got it's Nashville barbecue, all right? kinds There's, of barbecue. God, my but you have to understand something, John. There's, <sighs> we're going to be faced with a challenge when you come to Nashville. Do you know? The, do you know what that cuisine challenge is going to be? I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I, you know, I, I, all I can say is, is, is it a quantity issue? Is it, no. you know, how, what? <laughs> it's a, it's a it protein issue The now we have all different kinds of barbecue here right. in Tennessee. The challenge is that the dominant expression of the barbecue art here in the state of Tennessee is pork barbecue. And no, as I, you know, and as I, 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 I know, about, I heard it was brisket. I heard it was there was a brisket situation over well, there. Well, you can get good brisket here, um, but that tends to be a Texas import. Huh. So I have to te- we have to te- credit our Texan friends most of the time for really good brisket. But I can find you good brisket here. Wait, now, can anybody, hold on, can anybody out anybody who's non-Texan be friend with a Texan? Are you just being nice when you say Texas friends? Is that just your Christian Maybe. evangelical <laughs> niceness? Because <laughs> if you want to, if you, I might be using the term is, "friends" loosely. You know, maybe we should just say friendsly, <laughs> because I'm just telling you right now. I, I, if, if I want to know how much I haven't lived, I go talk to a Texan. They tell me everything I'm doing is wrong, oh, yeah? and in Texas, it's all better. Uh-huh. And it, I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, so but, I, I come out and I'm going, God, I never. I, I I feel born again every time I talk to a to a to a Texan because right. they just tell me, you know, it's tabla rasa. Texans Obviously, are, I've never experienced life. Texans are very evangelistic about their Texas culture, aren't they? They are. They are at that. Yeah. So the question is, if I bring you to Nashville, and 
we go for barbecue, is any brisket halal or do we need to find special preparations to get some halal brisket? Listen, here's the thing. The whole song and dance about people love it. So in Islam, there's there's all right, there's this whole thing called halal, right? right. And yeah, you know, maintaining the discipline is important. So that's one. But there's also the tradition in Islam uh, of hospitality. Uh-huh. All right. And so and 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 hospitality hospitality in Islam means something very very specific. It means don't if you're if you're going to be with, uh, hosted by somebody, and even if you adhere to a halal, if there are people in the book, you you're it's 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 free it's free range, right? Mm-hmm. You have to uh, you know the, you have, you have to go along with the the people that are hosting you, right? And so and it would be inhospitable for you to not do so. Now that doesn't mean you don't go off the rails, right? right. You know, and so. Um, I think that we'll, I've always adhered to people, the book, it says that in the Quran, it says that it's something that's espoused by most Muslims. We could, you know, as long as we're not, you know, s- s- slaughtering a pig and kind of doing this stuff. And I know you guys are passionate about it. Then, you, then we go for it, you know? And I think, but I think you guys have some pretty decent beef down there. We that's do. what I heard. Definitely. And yeah, I, I, I think we can just go down that road, you know? And I, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say lie to me. Don't tell me I'm eating the pork because then that would, you know, then I, I would, I wouldn't take on the sin. But let's just, uh, let you know, we'll, we'll muddle through. We'll do some nice beef and, uh, and maybe a piece of, a piece of chicken. I don't know. Can you barbecue chicken? I don't really oh, know. Yeah. That's yeah. People barbecue chicken. Yeah, you get chicken and beef barbecue. Yeah, yeah. You'll be all set. There's so, plenty of, plenty of non-pork options. Uh, I'm just yeah. curious about like. How concerned are you about the proximity of said brisket and uh, and chicken related to pork that's also in the kitchen? Well, I'm ninety percent sure it's all over an open flame. Yeah, or yeah, open flame or open coals or like a smoked kind of situation. Right. It, it, that's another rule. If you can look, this is this. So conservatives will disagree with me, and they'll probably get. If you have something on an open flame. And it burns off. It's fine. It's fine. You could, you know, so okay. again, I, you know, so if you're, if you're slinging stuff back, it's fine. You yeah. know, cross contamination happens when you have like a, a griddle. Is that, am I saying yes. you know, griddle, or yeah, doing things in pans? Okay. But when it's an open flame, you could do whatever you want. Like you could, okay. you throw your hot, your, you know, this, that, whatever. Now and is then that, I, how, how consistent is your, what you're laying out here? your philosophy here how consistent that is that across the islamic world i i would i would go as far as saying that conservatives will definitely definitely disagree okay they will say that you know you gotta you know it, it's it's just like going through tsa right that's what conservatives <laughs> say take the shoes off take the computer <laughs> out of the bag you know what i mean everything's got to be a song and dance. but it most it, i don't know any muslim they they might they might gripe about it, but then theologically, right? If you're mm-hmm. going to talk about going into the Quran or even or even uh, uh, Sharia, open flame is safe harbor. Okay, you know it's just like it's just like halal. When people say, "Well, I don't know what's halal and what's not," in, in when it comes to seafood, generally anything that's swimming is halal. Yeah. Anything that's walking or floating 
on on uh, floating on the top of the water, or, Flo- floating or, or crawling, or on, floating on top or crawling on the bottom, is not halal. Right. And then you know, say, and then and then international waters is always shrimp because they're right. delicious and everybody loves it, right? So, <laughs> so that's generally now if you're if you're going to go into the conservative. When I talk about conservative, yeah. you know, the guys that don't want anybody to have fun, they're going to tell you shrimp is. You know, you need to preserve shrimp. And that's only because most of, you know, the Wahhabis are, you know, with related to or in the shrimp family and they're afraid we're going to consume them eventually. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have no idea. That's, I'm just, I'm, I'm just you're, testing out new 2020 you're, you're material. You're messing now. with your tribes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just, I have no idea if that works. Well, but, I'm just uh, curious. So, like, if I, if I went out and uh, on this grill outside and uh, uh, grilled a pork chop to, to then grill a cut of beef for you, do I need to use a different grill surface? Do I need to cleanse the grill? Do you know? Does anything need to happen to that grill surface uh, to appropriately prepare I can, your I beef? Can, I can cleanse your surface. Okay. There's a, is a prayer. That's uh-huh. it. You say it three times, and you you douse it with 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 water. You uh-huh. you know, and then you get and the idea is, you know, it's like if you drop a fork on the floor. So you know. <laughs> Okay. And you say, ah, oh, it's it's not it's not it's it, you know it's it, there's all these cleanliness laws called PAC, right? Sure. And and the idea would be, you, there's a way to to clean things, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I'd say run up the flame, burn off the fat or whatever whatever's going on there, right. and then we'll do the prayer, and I'll we'll make you we'll make out your a halal grill. All right. See, How cool is that? That's, that? I don't even. That's, that's very good. cool. So we, you will not you you will not uh, want for. Uh, good cuisine, local cuisine here in Tennessee. We can navigate this. I'm confident. The cool thing, the cool thing about Islam is that like, I don't need like, so with, uh, kosher, you need a rabbi to do all this stuff. Yeah. Right. So, and, and I, and, and admittedly in my, in my sect, I'm a, I'm a dia. So I, I am essentially, I, I you know, so I'm, I'm a dia. So I, I can, I can officiate ceremonies, right. With, uh, within my, within my sect. Right. Uh, it's like a, like an imam. Right. Yeah. And uh, like a priest, a uh, pastor, I guess I should say. So, you know, you in, in in the Jewish faith, you need a rabbi to do mm. all the blessings yeah. and all this other stuff. In Islam, I can, I can do Qurbani. I could, I could slaughter the animal. Yeah. I could do the prayers. I can, I can do all that stuff. Interesting. Yeah. So, and, and generally any Muslim can do it if they know what they're doing. Yeah. And if they follow the law. So, you know, and this goes back to our Nicholson conversation about where we adhere to the same, essentially Abrahamic law that, that the, that the Jews, uh, follow. So, yeah. so as long, but, but our rules are a little bit different. Uh, and, uh, when it comes to officiating cleanliness, uh-huh. uh, because you know, you would, you'd, you know, you, the, 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 you would need a rabbi if you were Jewish. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, but I, I'm like people of the book. I'm like, yeah, these guys, you know, let's just go with it. You know, as long as we're not, there's also, there's, I, it's worth it to say though, there, there's, there is a lot of virtue in maintaining the discipline, mm-hmm. which is aside from some of the unmovables like pork and stuff like that, yeah. maintaining the discipline is real is really important. And, and I think that, but it's not supposed to supersede your, ability to build relationships yeah. with people of, of the book and, and different faith communities. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, I, you know, remember we talked about father John. Yeah. Remember he was, he's our speaker. So the Orthodox priest, 
you know, he, he, he does, has this, they have the same thing in Eastern Orthodoxy. He could be fasting, but if he comes to the house and someone insists on being a good host and serving the food, he can break his fast. Yeah. You know, um, it's the same thing. It's the same thing in Islam, you know, and, you know, you're not supposed to keep maintain your fast to the point where you're insulting and creating a dispute. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You know, uh, yeah. So and the the only thing I, the, the only last warning is that you probably won't be able to have any what they call greens down here the the collard greens because those greens are greens. often I mean they're fantastic I love them but they're often cooked uh, with some variety of pork product uh, often often the bone of a of a ham or something like that so we'll did I steer you away from that did I tell you about the 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 uh, uh, the cornbread the Christmas cornbread no tell us about the Christmas cornbread. Oh my God. Oh my God. So, Put a pin in it for right now. I just want to tell listeners that what we're going to get to for this episode is a preview of what to expect from season two. Uh, kind of some main themes and a couple episodes we'll talk about uh, that we already have in the can. Uh, but this is basically just kind of a welcome back, happy new year, uh, introduction to season two conversation. So John and I are catching up after the holidays. Okay. So with that, holiday cornbread, my Christmas cornbread. My job is to make the cornbread. Okay. Right. So that's that's my job. So okay. I'm just, I'm like okay. I'm gonna. Now, make is the that, cornbread. that is this your family or or is this somebody else's family? Oh, this is your job. I mean, this, wait a minute, hold, or do you want to get into Chris. this? Hold on. Let me let me think about this. It wasn't this was Thanksgiving? Oh, Thanksgiving. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, so I had so on Thanksgiving I had to make the cornbread. Right. Oh. Like, <laughs> I think oh, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> sweet fancy. So so I so right off the bat I'm like I, I'm I'm like let's call. Let's call my southern friend, and I didn't call you. And uh, I said, "Let's call the southern friend." So I'll call the southern friend. Didn't get an answer. Calls us back, and I'm and I'm like talking with you know, uh, you know, every the family. But I go, "Watch what happens." She's gonna call back, and she's gonna say we have to kill an animal to make the bread. <laughs> so, so she, the first thing she says is, "What kind of pan you got?" Uh -huh. Right, and and of course we you know gotta have a. Seasoned pan. Seasoned cast and, iron, man. Got yeah, it. It's got to yeah, be so cast iron. Yeah. Yeah. So seasoned cast iron pan. Mm -hmm. And and then you got to have animal fat. First thing she says, you got to have lard. You know, like, you know, got to have an animal. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, do I have to murder an animal to get? I go, every, why is everything in the South start with some, something getting murdered? <laughs> why? why? Like, I was like, she, she's like, the first thing she's like, honey, if you don't, if you don't have any any animal fat, we can't start. We can't start this off. So, I under I, the reason why I'm telling you that story is because I get it. You know, everything starts with something. Something has to die, even if it's bread, cornbread, right? <laughs> it's not like I can't. I, I go through this whole thing with her. I go. I, I I was like, well, I don't have any. I don't have any animal fat lying around. But she's like, well, honey, you, you then you got to get a piece of meat. You got to boil it down. You got to get this. She goes to this whole song and dance with me. And uh, of course, you know, we muddled through it, and the cornbread was the big hit on Thanksgiving. It was like the most tasty thing because we put, you, you know, I, I put real corn in it, uh -huh. you know, and yeah, you know, yeah. and, and there's all kinds. I'll have to send you send you the recipe, or maybe we'll post it. Yeah, we can post it. Um, we'll post it in the show notes. Islamic cornbread, so Islamic Southern Southern Baptist cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, I'm no, you you got to work on the marketing, John. <laughs> I do, I know, you know. So it'll be like the crescent moon with like a, a cow or a pig jumping through it. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, we southern but, uh, southern halal cornbread. How's that? Yeah, yeah, southern halal cornbread. Or, or, I, I just, <laughs> you know, so Christmas was 
because, you know, the holiday season is always trying for me because yeah. I'm, you know, I, I'm in my forties, but I'm like, I'm, I'm like an 80 year old man. I went to the mall <laughs> and I walked into the store. I said, let me get some ear pods. And the guy goes, this is the, this is the Microsoft store. <laughs> and I said, but you, you, I was like, are you sure? And he says to me, no, it definitely is. And I go, but you look like the, the, the Apple store. And he goes, we do, but we're not the Apple store. I go, what if you look like the Apple store? Maybe you should carry the iPads, iPods. <laughs> if you're going you to rip off their store design. I, and, and it's the other thing. It, it's why everyone uses Microsoft. Why would you, what do they need a store that looks like that for? Why are they trying to be cool? Just stay nerds. Just have your nerd store. So, so I had to walk to the iPads, uh, the Apple store, and my phone wasn't working. And and I hand it to the guy and I said, it's just been cycling through. He takes it and he does something to it and, he, and he's coming back to me and he goes, do you have Apple Care? Uh -huh. And I said, what is that? He goes, that's the customer service. I go, yeah, of course I do. He goes back, he looks, he goes, no, you don't have Apple Care. I go, did you fix the phone? He goes, yeah. I go, that's Apple Care. So he goes, no, you don't understand. I go, no, 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 you don't understand. And now I start getting this crew around me. Oh, no. I go, you guys have a pro have a product. If it if it takes you two minutes to fix it, just fix it and give it back to me, guy. I go, that's what Apple Care is. That's what customer service is. So the crew starts. The, the people start. I get Apple Care costs like you know ten dollars a month or something. It's not cheap. Four or five dollars a month. Yeah. And so people are behind me. And they're starting to gather, and I go, listen, you either give me the phone back or I'm just going to keep going on. Somebody's going to pull up the camera and start, you know, start streaming this. <laughs> you know, you guys don't understand what Apple Care is. It's what you just did. Hand me back the phone. <laughs> and they actually handed me back the phone. It was really nice. You got but away with that. I did get away with that. I got away with that whole song of this. But am I wrong? If it takes two minutes, just fix it. Right. You know, and then, you know, but he's like, he didn't want to give it back to me. Yeah. yeah. There, so, are, there so ought to be some Chris, kind of threshold of uh, of of, yeah. uh, of a workload if it yes. If it so takes I'm like less an than two minutes. I, you know, like, like I'm walking. You know, it's like I I'm just like an old man. And then, uh, but I had a good Christmas season, and I did have a post Christmas evangelical epiphany experience. I don't know if I, all those words go together. But. <laughs> I think you had an evangelical experience. I don't know if uh, epiphany is the uh, the proper nomenclature, but. You you went well, to an evangelical Sunday morning service, yeah? Well, I went to it wasn't just a service, it was a whole song and dance. It was two hours. Yeah. With a lot of flags and the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. A little bit of dancing. Some of our you know? some of our, our Pentecostal uh, or charismatic brothers and sisters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it was it, you know, it was uh, this nice church in uh in Kingston, New York. And uh I, I don't I can't remember what it's called now, right off the bat. Um, but I sent you, did send you the link. Yeah, it was a very thoughtful cross crossroads Christian fellowship. Yeah, mm -hmm. I rock, rocked in there, and I'm talking to my friend about this, and she goes, "It's gonna, we got to get there around ten. So I'm thinking, all right, we're out by eleven. We can <laughs> get pancake house, you know, because all I keep thinking about is lunch. And she goes, "Well, people do get there at nine, and I'm going for what." Are they serving pancakes? She goes, no, people get there for some kind of, you know, pre, pre deal, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and then they have an hour of devotional and worship from 10 to 11. And then the sermon starts at 11. 
Pastor Frank was mm-hmm. very gracious. The uh-huh. community was very welcoming, you know. And uh, you know, I, I it was I I got to be honest. I was schooled on the observation I had was they were focused on identity and community, and they're all in on the Holy Spirit side. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, the priesthood of Jesus is good and is there and is all for you know is is forward. But they're all about this relationship between God the Father and the Holy Spirit is you know, they're 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 pressing and they're they're uh the Holy Spirit is on point. That's it's uh, ever present and is the solution to most things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that is that, you know, an alignment? Yeah, that, that sounds like a, a fair description. It sounds like a a little o orthodox evangelical expression that uh, places an emphasis on on the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, the active work in the lives of Christians, and uh, there's an emphasis there in that in that tradition on uh, on gifts of the Spirit and uh, what they might see as charismatic gifts. Uh, that's a little more outward expression, and then there's an emphasis on on the power of the Spirit for for healing and um, sanctification in the Christian life. So yeah. That's that's a thing. Lots of music. It's, it's, yeah, lots of music. Sure. You know, lots of music. They busted out flags to get the Holy Spirit going. There was uh-huh. a lot of dancing through. Yeah. Church, uh, and uh, it was it was it you know it was there was there was it was very dynamic. Yeah. And there was a lot of community involvement. It was there was a lot of people interacting with the uh, during this the the music and ceremony and and you know invocation of God and then uh they had this um the pastor was sitting in the pews which was uh, interesting to me because you know in catholic churches and eastern orthodoxy there's a place, place of prominence uh and then there was a a a, a really this is very thoughtful it's like you know it was like God is the investor in the pizza place uh, Jesus makes the pies, but the pies are, 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 uh, you know, imbued with the Holy Spirit, you know, yeah. and the top toppings are made with those. It was unbelievable. It was a really, it's a really thoughtful, thoughtful, uh, time. So, but I, I didn't know what I was in store for. And for, I was like two hours. I don't know if I can, I don't know what we're doing here. So, but, uh, <laughs> but we rocked out and then, uh, sat with the community for another hour afterwards. So it was three hours and, uh, and had like coffee and and uh, and donuts and 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 bagels. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, good it was good. But. Yeah, yeah, and it was a, it was a really good uh, it was a really good sermon by Pastor Frank about uh, growing up like that. And his stuff is uh, his stuff is online, so you can listen to him if if you need to. There you go. Yeah, nice. that was good. So, uh, as promised, we wanted to give a teaser to some of our themes for uh, season two, as we kick off the year, and uh, we we identified at least three, maybe four of them, um, and we want to kind of tick through some of those. Uh, one of those is something where uh, we witnessed in the news cycle over the holidays about uh, attacks on places of worship, and uh, there was a shooting. At, a, at another church in Texas, and then not so much a, a house of worship, so to speak, but there was the uh, the attack, um, the knife attack in the home of a Jewish rabbi, um, right over during a Hanukkah dinner. Mm-hmm. So those those two things are fresh on our minds, and uh, probably something we're going to want to get into in season two. What what uh, what's on your mind with with regard to that subject right now? Well, I mean, you know, this is if if we could say that 
2019, there was that spike in places of worship, right? Being attacked. Uh And so the idea of making that not the focal point, but a focal point for this season and making sure that we highlight the, this, it's a, it's a unique transition from places of worship being sanctuaries to being, uh, you know, places where violence occurs. And, uh, uh, and and so I think that it, we would be negligent in our in our, um, our our duties as 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 people of faith, men of faith. That if we did not make this uh, a focal point of our of our um, of our uh, season uh, for this this coming up season, and and talk about really what bring you know bring to forward bring forward what what some of these communities have to do and are doing and we did that in part last year yeah we touched on but it but i think that but i think that it's going to be a, a running theme and and i think that we should be more solution minded about it and collaborative about it so yeah. it, i think it's a good it's a good thought for us to kind of be going down that road yeah i agree um, yeah and then uh, one one particular um, theme that even stuck out uh, in season 1 is our concern uh, let's say I'll, I'll describe it and then you, then you can uh, use your own words to describe it, which will probably be different <laughs> than mine. But uh, 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 we're concerned about the direction of or the effectiveness of modern international religious freedom advocacy and governance. And uh, the trends worldwide don't seem to be going in, in the best direction and we're kind of scratching our heads. This is 20 years after the... Uh, passage of the International Religious Freedom Act, the first one, and after a number of revisions with regard to the U.S. government's own advocacy of international religious freedom. And uh, there are problem spots over the world and things are not getting better by and large. And so we kind of want to shake the tree, so to speak, right? And uh, see what's going on and, and where that IRF community might be more effective. Is that a fair description? What, how would you put it? I... I, I, I... I agree. Number one, first and foremost, everyone quotes the the Pew study, right? Eighty yeah. percent of the world is persecuted. Seventy percent of the world worships, and everybody quotes that. But no one's asking the question, really, why? People are using that, those statistics, and to 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 forward their own individual, I feel, individual or or community agenda without looking at the larger picture. Yeah. My, I'm. Very, uh, very, very clear. I think that the elders in international religious freedom have not stewarded international religious freedom correctly. That's a third of the problem. The second part of the problem is that the institutions that advocate for international religious freedom are not doing it correctly. Um, and, you know, you you can look at any metric and it's just, it's getting worse. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my most recent uh, spat was with Yusuf. Uh, yeah. You know, we you know we known for a year what was going to happen with the the the, the law, the citizenship law, uh, related In India. to right. India. Yeah. Um, I had a little bit of a tweet situation with with some of the members of staff at USERF. Uh It wasn't you know trolling or anything else, but I was like, well, how come the the commissioners haven't spoken out about it? Uh, how come they haven't? Um, there's no information that is is occurring. Um, we had that. Our, t- our show uh, with uh, John Providos, which who is a representative of Indian American Christians, we had him on. And in the d- days leading up to that, we 
uh, that podcast reached out to Yusuf and said, how come the commissioners haven't made a statement about what's going on in India, the protests and everything else? And, and how come they haven't issued out, uh, have they, they haven't done analysis of this. And they referred to an old, something that they had done a couple weeks earlier and said, well, we did it. We did do it. And I'm going, this is an active, <laughs> yeah, this is an active issue with that, 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 that hits the largest Muslim community in the world. Yeah. In a country, 200 million Muslims, 100 million Christians, and uh, and uh, an, another 200 million non-Hindus. Yeah. And they were they were asleep at the wheel. And and I'm going, what is going on here? Shockingly, um, shockingly quiet from the U.S. The official official U.S. government channels on on what was continuing to happen. And it was gonna, a new threshold. It had been trending that way for a while, but that the passage of the citizenship laws was a new threshold in the religious liberty crisis in India. Right, and, and, and it's, it's, you know, one of the largest, one of the largest communities, there's 80 million Christians being persecuted worldwide, right? But one of the largest communities of Christians, Th- Thomas, Thomasian, Thomasian, the guys that, are, that came from Thomas. Yeah. You know, one of the apostles. I don't know. Yeah. What, I don't know what the term is. You know, is is under siege. They're closing a church a week, yeah. and no one's saying anything. Like even from an evangelical perspective, yeah. even from a Christian perspective, there was nothing. Even Pastor Brownback, who is can't just can't come back from India, nothing. Yeah. And it and it was it was it was it was it was amazing it was the the deafening the silence that was that was going on so we we had the podcast we did a little bit of this and so ties but tying back to to the to the one of the themes this year is how do we motivate the elders and the institutions and to to in my mind work with some of the innovators in international yeah. religious freedom and and slowly and and try to just give a little space to for for innovation, uh, for some to, for it to be dynamic because it's just re- religious freedom is dying and it's dying I think because of those two issues and the third issue is that there's just not enough there's just not enough uh, uh, motivation to to funnel funding in the appropriate direction. Right. So yeah, it's well, it's so, been woefully underfunded and continues to be. As an as, and a, the, as an and, inter, as an issue in the international landscape. Well, but and, and but admittedly, a lot of the funding goes to these institutions that that are that that are not stewarding international religious freedom correctly, and the and and all and the elders have made a career of of funding themselves, uh, but not but not do, not having impact a positive impact on the international yeah. religious freedom agenda. So these people even, claim to be international religious yeah. freedom experts, but they're not. They're, they may. Yeah. They 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 might technically be, but they're not practically. But even like, so, like we've talked about before, the, the the snapshot just between the difference of funding between U, U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom at three million dollars versus the Institute of U.S. Institute of Peace, which gets what do we look at like thirty million dollars? It's like ten times thirty eight. Thirty eight. Yeah. What the international the uh, religious freedom issue gets um, just between those two institutions. Uh, it's pretty pretty stunning, and I would I would posit I mean w- without without having the data in front of me that the NGO community uh, is probably the same. It's probably a similar spread between IRF issues versus other uh, more hip, more uh, trendy um, kinds of uh, social issues. Yeah, no, I mean the the funding is definitely not 
substan- as substantial as like with USIP and, and some of these other, yeah. and it's disproportionate, but, but the funding that is there is not utilized appropriately. And, and so, so, you know, you, you know, we can, I think that's part of it is increasing the funding and, and, and making the opportunity and getting the opportunities there. But for this administration, the national religious freedom has been the focus. There's, you know, earth people deployed all over the administration. There's faith, 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 uh, individuals that are, that are deployed all over the administration. And it is part of the NSS national security strategy. So you can now dip into the, the other, the existing funding sources, as long as you can justify it. But the challenge is, is that, you know, we're, 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 we're at, we're at a point of critical mass where something needs to change. So it's appropriate for it to be a theme for two people that are passionate about international religious freedom. Yeah. And really that's where we got our, you know, we, we, we sort of you know, cracked the egg with our relationship. So, um, uh, and it's something we're both passionate about. And then the third issue, um, that we thought that we were noodling let over. Me, let me hold, hold that, hold that thought. I'm yeah. going to interrupt. Sorry. Uh, I think I'm going to add a fourth reason for the decline of religious freedom globally. And I think there's a significant factor that with the rise of nationalism um, and kind of centralized identity politics globally, whether it's here in the U.S. or Europe or Asia, that factor I think is uh, is part of what's inflaming uh, religious persecution. Uh, I think that's part of the India package. It's certainly part of the Chinese uh, Uyghur package, um, and uh, so I want to flag nationalism uh, as one of those factors. But moving on, our our third likely theme for for season two. Go ahead. Prisoners of conscience. Um... And it ties to our international religious freedom issue. Sure. Is the idea that I like to, I, when I was at AIC, the American Islamic Congress, the idea was that we would have practical impact on people's lives. Now, that, that means advocating for national religious freedom for all, all communities, and then we would focus on prisoners to get released. Yeah. And I think that we're going to try to, you know, use that, our advocacy skills and our contact base and, to focus on maybe one or two or three prisoners yeah. that we think that we might be able to have an impact on, um, and and uh, and be free. But now we're we're in the in the first stages of noodling over who, you know, may be the the, the individual that we advocate for. But uh, I think that would be a, a good theme for us to be show practical results and to because we don't we don't want to get too far out where we're just discussing issues and talking about how yeah. uh, I don't understand how. The Microsoft Store doesn't carry iPods. <laughs> I can't. Which is, I just, I don't. We, we we follow that under the hashtag, get off my lawn. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I just don't get it. You know, I, but I would be curious to find out how many evangelicals, how many Southerners have done that, walked into the mall and gone into the wrong store. So you know, there was, I was at a Radio Shack once, and a guy came in and he said. I'd like to take a look at one of those Verizones. And the guy was like, what is he talking about? And I go, I think he means Verizon, but I kind of like the way he says it, to be honest with you. You know, I kind of like Verizon, you know? So that's good. That's good. Yeah. So, uh, uh taking our inspiration, uh, we, we want to select, uh, one prisoner of conscience, um, who is like, is obviously, locked up somewhere around the globe for expressing their um, 
their human right of uh, either free expression, free thought, freedom of assembly, uh, or religious freedom. And uh, we're going to advocate on behalf of that person and bring bring folks updates on on one particular story. We have we have at least one candidate in the foreground, but we're going to uh, do a little more a little more research. Um, but for um, those of you who want to kind of do a deep dive, we're going to reference the USERF uh, prisoner of conscience list. That is a collaborative project between right uh, between uh, USERF and the Helsinki Commission, I believe. So we'll put the we'll put that link in the show notes. Um, so look yeah. for that in, in in coming episodes. And then uh, lastly, it is now officially 2020, which means it's an American election year, presidential election, and uh, Americans will be going to the polls again to presumably, most likely vote between President Trump and, and a Democrat challenger. Uh, theoretically, there could be a, a trial in the Senate that actually removes Trump from office. I think I think that's unlikely to occur, but it is a it is a possibility. But what we just what we've uh, or what American politics has long talked about is, since 2016 is the supposed support for President Trump among American, particularly white evangelicals. And so that's a theme that will likely um, pop up pretty frequently uh, during season two, I bet. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, it's the election we're going to tackle. We're going to, you know, you know, I'm going to go, we're going to do a deep dive into Pauline doctrine. You know that. (laughs) That's going to happen. Sure. Bring it on. You know, you know, we're going to get into your boy. Um, and then the, 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 the Jewish Christian movement, or Christian movement, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm going to, we're going to focus. That's a little bit of my thing on the whole, the whole business with James, the just, yeah. and the, uh, the book of James, not necessarily, and which is different than the epistle of James. And we're going to get into that. We're going to, we're going to wade into those waters pretty heavily. And, uh, uh, we're going to get some, we weren't able, we just started our speakers, uh, in the latter part of last year. Yeah. So we're going to get some of our, my Muslim contacts to come in and speak and we're going to have some Shia Sunni and, yeah. and so forth. Cause it's, um, cause it's that, about time we actually had a real Muslim on this program, huh? Yeah, you can't, you know, <laughs> and, admittedly, you know, like we've got, we got a, you know, I, I got a, a fake Muslim. We got to kind of get veer away from that. Although that will always be a, a brand. Um, it's still the top. It's still the top downloaded episode of of, uh, of our 2019 episodes. The really? episode titled "Fake Muslim." So I'll I'll link that in the show notes. But that's still our number one uh, download, most downloaded episode that we've done so far. You know, I you know, it's, so I th- I do. I, I mean, it's I think that the it would be nice to have. Um, uh, we're working on on building out some of our our contacts, and we have a. Uh, you know, we're going to be going to, uh, uh, on location this year, quite a bit more. Um, we have the possibility of bringing you overseas for yeah. some, some, some business in the middle East. I'm mm-hmm. working on that. Um, we're going to head over to India to, into Dalamsala and talk to, uh, his holiness. Uh, mm-hmm. we're going to talk to the Dalai Lama. we got, uh, Sistani, uh, we're, we're going to hit and Usmani and Bambaya and, and a bunch of, a bunch of, uh, um, Islamic scholars and, yeah. and Ayatollahs. So we've got a we've got a pretty uh, pretty hot schedule uh, yeah. that we're building. Um, yeah. But I think the you know the idea is to socialize quite a bit with the different communities and different sects of Islam, um, and uh, and so that's that's going to be a fun I think fun for us. And then you've got a, a whole bank of people that you're going to bring in. So up the speakers, you know, figure out what's going. What Paul was saying. <laughs> 
Bring James into the James adjust into the convo. Prisoners of conscience. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna the, be uh, it's gonna be a full season for sure. Yeah, places of worship and and international religious freedom, and then whatever whatever banter we have back and forth. Um, and we've got some shows that we've already that yeah. are recorded that are coming in. Religious freedom in Japan. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we also have an interview of us. Yeah. We're we're, we're getting we're we're getting the questions. Right. Yeah. So you know, uh, we have an interview of us that we have uh, that we have coming out um, that we're going to put up. So yeah. I think we've got a, a pretty decent schedule uh, back and forth. And we want to encourage our viewers to our listeners to send stuff over. Yeah. And if you're a part of an institution or and have a place to host us, we'd love to come to your university or college and and uh, socialize with the students and, and faculty and staff and uh, or your institution, your organization and 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 have and have a show uh, and 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 be, you know, talk about the topics that are important to you. I like it. Um, we definitely want to receive um, suggestions and, and questions and, and show ideas from from listeners. And uh, as John indicated, uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the episode immediately following this one is we talked to a Japanese scholar and uh, she compares, she's published a paper and we, we talked for an hour with her about uh, some comparisons that she's making along the lines of American and Japanese uh, freedom of religion and specifically related to a uh, comparison between uh, the recitation of the Pledge of Allegiance here in the United States, which mentions God, and a, uh, a very common uh, prayer uh, in the Shinto tradition that is rehearsed by Japanese school students. And so she's going to compare and contrast uh, what life is like in the States related to that issue and related to Japan experience. Uh, it was pretty eye-opening for me, and uh, I look forward uh, to sharing it with our listeners. Yeah, that was one of my... Just, you know, I, I, it's just a great, a, a great beach of the pond to show that you know we have this... We don't talk about Japan and the international religious freedom spectrum no. and the idea that Japan, if you talk to the elders, they'll say Japan is one of the most tolerant countries in the world. Sure. Uh, you know, they ranked number four, I think. And the problem is or the challenge is that if you talk to some of the citizens internally, <laughs> they don't know what they, they say the international standard is and apply, doesn't apply appropriately yeah. to their country. Yeah. Um, and uh, a, lot, a, lot more, I have, a lot of cultural pressures uh, in Japan that, that were new to me, at least, and uh, especially surprisingly acute at like the local school level. I was pretty shocked. So uh, yeah. I think eye opening for our listeners. I mean, and I, I, you know, I kind of have a, this love affair with Japan. So I love the, the culture, the food, the, 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 you know, the I love the, the, the history, and I, I've based a lot of my sort of morals and value system that's above and beyond my religious beliefs is on the idea of honor and, uh, and the five rings and and bushido and all that stuff. So I. I have a this love affair like a lot of people I think have with India for you know the uh, yoga and all that stuff uh -huh. so they think it's very tolerant right um, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> because everybody thinks of you know everybody thinks of yoga uh, in, in India and but there, there, but there's some interesting systemic issues that affect 
uh, uh, large populations in Japan, and because they are our ally, because uh, they ha- their constitution is very similar to ours because of, of, of post-World War II and Marshall Plan, we don't look at the metrics that they look at for religious freedom internally. Right. Yeah, and I think that that was uh, a, a a a really good way of us to describe how it's it's very difficult to proceed into a country from an international religious freedom perspective, from a Western perspective or an outsider perspective, without understanding the populations and what they go through. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, I, I, I one of the connections I made was between the constitution, the Japanese constitution, and the and the Afghan constitution yeah. and, and some of the challenges there. So it's a really, I, I, it's a good show uh, that, that talks about a different perspective, different beach of the pond. So, and it was, uh, it was such a pleasure to have Shino on our, uh, on our podcast. So yeah. that covers what we anticipate, or at least what we know to date, what we're expecting to cover in season two. So I think it's a good preview, man. Lastly, for listeners, if you're not already listening through one of these podcast outlets, we're available for your free subscription via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn. This has been Crossing Phase with John Pinna and Matt Hawkins, a podcast of Roll Top Productions. If you like what you hear and would like to help defray the cost of this show, consider sponsoring us on Patreon by visiting us at CrossingPhase.com. Music for this episode is courtesy Vajra, whose music is available at TheVajraTemple.com, Spotify, iTunes, and Amazon. Show notes for this episode and more are available at CrossingPhase.com.